Welcome to Holistic Ambition, where we talk with visionary leaders who are redefining what it means to be ambitious. We cover ways you can live with more well-being, meaning, and fun in your career, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie Toma, life coach for ambitious professionals and author of Confident Introvert. Today, we have a very special guest, Liz Enton. Liz began examining if there was evidence of an afterlife and anything paranormal in 2015 following the passing of her father. While she still considers herself skeptical and an atheist, although she's a cultural Jew, the evidence really blew her away. She's the author and podcast host of What the Fuck Just Happened. Fun fact that has nothing to do with her afterlife, she has a chihuahua peanut who was famous for chasing and scaring Harvey Weinstein. She splits her time between New York and LA. Oh my goodness. So you split your time. Where are you right now, Liz? I'm in LA, actually. Yeah. And it's freezing here, sadly, today. I'm like, that's, I do this so I don't have to freeze. And now it's oh freezing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in California right now, too. It's, it's one of those things. There's a lot going on in the world, lots of craziness. I think that's where your topic, you know, your podcast of your book really fits in so nicely. And because the world is in chaos in some respects, right? So it's like, let's just dive deep into it and kind of get gain clarity. So, you know, I'm curious when it comes to the most compelling evidence that you have found that there is an afterlife, what, what would that be? That's a hard one to say there's just one because it's when it all comes together because you can, when, if one crazy thing happens, it's easy to say, well, maybe this is some inexplicable thing that I just, you know, has some crazy coincidence to it that we don't understand yet, or just the dumb luck of coincidence, but it all comes together. It's a combination of the research being done by universities and research centers like the Winbridge Institute, Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia. They're studying what I refer to as survival of consciousness, and they study cases of kids with past life memories. And they have Dr. Jim Tucker, who's a child psychiatrist and professor at the University of Virginia. So not a very blue person. And he's studying cases of kids with past life memories. They study mediumship at both Winbridge and University of Virginia. And these mediums are put under very tight controls and they're expected to get accurate information, not something like, oh, you're 50 years old or your grandma's passed and she loved you. They're expected to get very specific information under very tight controls where often some of them have been up to quintuple blinded studies and where they don't even see the person or hear the voice of the person that they're on the phone with. Um, near-death experiences. So it's when you put all this together, combined with some of my own personal experiences from medium readings, I've gotten to befriend a lot of the mediums and some of the researchers. And when you really get to know people, like you know that they're genuine and sane and able to evaluate reality. So for me, it's putting all that together. Yeah. And, you know, if you could share, since we're on the topic of mediumship, um, you know, a little bit more about what someone can expect, maybe your journey of like, what made you want to seek one out? And also maybe a couple of um, instances, like the best and the worst psychic readings, and then certainly shout out the name of someone that you think is really good in case someone listening is wanting to venture into that. Oh, wow. Okay. So I would say, well, what made me seek out first, initially wanting to connect with my dad, but I'd been, I don't think I would have 
done it or it would have even crossed my mind to go to a medium if I hadn't read a lot of the research first being conducted by Dr. Julie Beischel and her husband, Mark Bacuzzi, who are the co-founders of the Winbridge Institute. And I was reading their work as well as a lot of other studies and other institutes such as um, a place that was really big in the early 1900s more, the Society for Cyclical Research. So it was just this vast body of studies being done on mediumship. And I went down one bridge list and I found a medium and I was like, okay, she's the one in New York. I've got to go see someone in New York because I have to watch and watch how they're cheating. I was a little concerned about like facial recognition technology, but I was like, well, I'll try that. And then I'll try a phone. And I mean, this is just sort of like a touching story because I always mention this woman in it. So this medium, ironically, like she has the longest wait list in the world. I'm still on her wait list. Her name's Laura Lynn Jackson, but I went to, um, her workshop and asked her like a trillion questions. Like I'm like asking her about string theory and how it ties into consciousness. She's like, I can't answer. Like, I don't know. I mean, she's very smart, very science-based and studied by scientists, but um, she ended up, you know, it's a much longer story than this, but she basically ended up introducing me to my mentor, Fran Ginsburg. And um, I know we're friends and, you know, remember I, I was losing my mentor to cancer over COVID and quarantine. And that was Fran. And she really, she was like one of the smartest people I've ever met. She's the founder, co-founder with her husband, Bob Ginsburg of the Forever Family Foundation that certified mediums under strict science-based testing. And she really combined with all the research, but she really was my rock and she's so smart. And she's just the type of person no one could pull any bullshit over ever. So she was really someone I trusted as I got to know her to help me evaluate a lot of the research. So I just always, I mean, if she just is such an influence on me, I always really want people to learn a little bit about Fran as much as I can. So, and, and she, I, she, oh, and then, oh, sorry. Do you want me to tell about the readings then? But I just always think it's- Yeah, and I'm curious if you could let us know about like an example of things in a reading, like signs mm -hmm. that people can look for where you know, oh, this is on point. This is a good reading versus ones where you're like, okay, these are signs of BS. Yes. So that was something I was always really careful about. These are the things I suggest you do. Um, give a fake name, have a friend, not a family member pay, use a fake email, Google voice number. Um, if some people prefer in person, that's fine. Like they really don't have facial recognition technology, but I was also concerned about that. You can do phone where they don't see you if you're concerned about that um, or it's on Zoom, Google image search. But I mean, there's, they also, so I'll get into what they should know. Those are just precautions that you should take. I think the visual, the facial recognition, you don't even, that's just an added layer, but I don't really think anyone has ever used that as far as I know, but they should get stuff that's not Googleable. They should get factual information. You know, it's just bullshit. If or no, I, I don't want to say that, I think there are a lot of mediums that are very genuine hearted and maybe do have abilities significantly more than the average person, but they're not able to get that really refined factual data. And that's what I look for. I look for the data and the stuff they knew they couldn't have Googled. Like I'll give an example of my first medium reading, which was amazing. And she wasn't part of Forever Family. She wasn't part of Winbridge. It's just a series of what I would say coincidences and my medium friends would say part of like 
the plan. She was amazing. And I found her randomly. And she, for example, okay, so she got, I talked about my dad. She got his initial, but she didn't get his name or relationship. So everything isn't going to be perfect. Other people have gotten name and relationship. But she described his personality perfectly. She knew my grandmother had lost a child when the child was a baby. I mean, she knew things. These are not Googleable. She knew he had a favorite color. Um, in my book, I call it green. And I'm going to call it green here because I keep certain things hidden so I can still get evidential readings. And she said, why is he sending you a burst of green? My cat had recently passed away. Can't Google that. And I wasn't posting on social at all at this point. And she said, he's with the cat who just passed away. He's holding your cat, the sweet one. And that described my cat perfectly. And that was one example. I mean, other mediums have gotten names of my relatives. They've gotten specific memories. Some examples are they've known things. A lot of times, almost every reading will have something that I was just talking about. Like I just have been talking about how I needed to go to the dentist and then one medium saw a dentist chair when I had the reading the next day. And another, um, my computer was being repaired. And another medium who was part of Forever Family, Joanne Gerber, mentioned, oh, your dad said your computer is going to be ready soon. And it had been just this whole disaster waiting with my computer. Um, my friend Joe Peretta, and this was before we were friends, he's an amazing medium. And at this point, I mean, I had told him nothing about me. He got a lot about my grandmother. He got that we had the same name. He got, at this point, I had just started writing and blogging about what the fuck. I told no one. Joe didn't know. No one at Forever Family knew. I thought this was so weird. I wasn't going to tell anybody. And he's like, I'm getting you're writing a book. I'm getting like, you're doing stuff with, you're feeling like there's stuff you're, I, I mean, I'm not wording great because it was so evidential, but he essentially was like, you're yeah. getting like, you're going to, you're feeling very like you're writing now. You're starting to really, I think you're going to have a book. You're going to do this and you're feeling really like you don't want to go forward with it. And there, so it was amazing. And then what's interesting is a few of them I'll go into like, and his name's Joe Peretta. I highly recommend him. I can name a few others too, but you know, basically anyone at Forever Family Foundation um, and Rebecca Amo Cicero. She's really fun. Like if you want sort of like a fun, funny reading. Um, so, so. So what are some signs? Can you list even just like five quick signs that it's BS? Like how could you know? Let's I'm not saying stuff that's accurate, but some of that can be, they're just not good. That doesn't mean they're bullshit. So I'll give my worst medium rating. First, okay. I'll, I'll mention two that I blew off that ended up being good. Like, okay, well, so this one was both, I think she was a terrible medium and a good psychic. Now, a psychic is when they're reading your energy and a medium is when they're communicating with someone who's passed away. So I had to tell her my dad passed and then she started describing like, Everything just very stereotypical father. And I'm, so this is an example of someone who I believe is genuine hearted, but not good medium and a good psychic. So people can learn that. Then I'm going to give one that's just complete bullshit. So people can see the difference. Yeah. So she was just describing a very cliche father. And she was like, I see you like him wearing blue button down shirts and khaki pants. And I see this 
big dining room table in a kitchen and he's chasing you around and suit and tie to work every day. None of that was true, but that would be a pretty, the odds of that being true for people would be reasonably high. So that is, so I, but I think she was genuine hearted. And interestingly, this was early when I started getting readings and this would be an example of psychic and why I think she was good. I scored her at basically zero at the time, but what she said was, she's like, this is weird. I see you working in this world with psychic mediums. She's like, but I don't get you have abilities. And I was like, I never fucking work in this world. What are you talking about? I think this is so weird. I'm not even telling anyone I'm going. She's like, I see you doing something. She's like, I can't figure out what I see you like speaking in front of people about this stuff and doing really big stuff with spirituality, but from like a really, a way that I've never seen, I don't quite get it. So that's kind of amazing to look back on. Um, so I, and some of this is a little bit of intuition. I feel with her, she, I, I do believe she was genuine hearted about the mediumship part, even if it was inaccurate. I think one way to tell if they're getting everything wrong and you're saying no to everything and they should offer you a refund after a certain amount of time. They should say it's been like however long and I'm not getting anything. Would you like to cancel the session? So now, and if they're saying things that are just very general, like let's, you know, kind of what I said, she was saying about my father. You're like, Oh, that can apply to anyone anytime. Yeah. That could, yeah. Like, you know, you, you've lost a grandmother. She baked a lot. That's, I mean, right, right. The odds, maybe that's wrong, but the odds are very high. That's what's going on. Um, so now if, this is what I, I think these are two examples of fraud because fraud and bullshit come in two forms. I think there's the storefront psychics and they're the ones offer the $5 readings. Stay away from them. Um, could there be one that's genuine out of the thousands around the world probably more than thousands i'm sure there very likely could be one but in general what they do is something called cold reading so an example would be like your dad's not on the, the other side is he or your dad hasn't passed has he so what am i saying there you can you you would interpret it oh yes he has oh i thought so or no he hasn't oh i didn't think so that's not saying i have your dad i'm sensing he's passed has he? Um, so that's an example. Another example of these, you know, this type of fake would be like, let's say you have, they kind of try to say both things about something. Like, I feel like you guys were really close, but you also, there was kind of a distance between you, like not. So it's like, okay, which one was it? And, and that kind of applies to everybody because relationships are complicated. I think no matter there, there is always going to be an attachment. Even if you've probably never met your dad, there's like, we can make an argument that there's a closeness and an attachment and there's a distance. So that's, which one is it? And ask, say, I'm sorry, I'm confused. I don't understand which one you're saying it is. Can you elaborate? You have every right to do that. It's your money. And if they're not frauds, they'll say, I don't know. I'm just, this is all vague. I, I, I'm not getting it clearly. And I don't know why I would, I'm sorry. And so that's an example of what I would say are the storefront. And one thing to stay away from is they will also go into um, often. This is what happened to me when I went to a storefront one and I knew she was going to be a fraud. I wanted to test it. She said, I'm feeling, trust me, 
she guessed what my age was, which is pretty accurate. It was like 27. And so she was like, I'm 28. I forget it's in my book. Um, she said, Oh, you're supposed to, I have that you're supposed to be married by 28. And she saw I didn't have a ring. I mean, not everyone wears a ring, but like, again, it's a game of odds with them, with the fake ones, not the genuine. And she said, um, she said, so, and she's like, wait, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 28. And she's like, so I was like, so good. I'm going to meet someone. And she, this year then you're saying, so I'm playing her game. I wanted to, I knew I was going to write about it. And she said, oh, got this look of horror. And she said, no, you're supposed to be married by now. So they're putting an insecurity. And then she went through like past relationships and said exactly what would apply to anyone. Like, I feel you were with this guy and you could have been married, but it didn't work. So I'm like, yeah, we didn't marry because we broke up. Like that's every relationship. And she said, he's left a bad energy and that's why I'm not married and I need to clear it with candles. And she has $300 candles. So never, ever pay buy a $300 candle, like from someone who says it does energy. And I think, so that's one type of fraud and that's more obvious. The other type of fraud is a little more subtle. And this was a woman I went to, not part of Forever Family not part of Winbridge. And she's kind of, she had a few like celebrity clients. And when I was looking at her website and I know some who are seen by celebrities who are some of the best in the world, but they're also tested by scientists. So to me, whether someone has a celebrity clientele or not, it's just totally irrelevant. It's that's, it's just great. Like I'm glad they do if they're genuine and I'm glad some of my friends do because they're amazing mediums and I want them to be successful, but watch it. What they're good because, well, they're good because they're good, but also it's the scientists that are impressed with them. So that's what matters. So, but this woman had celebrity clientele, did not have scientists. And this was probably like the third medium I went to. So I wanted to test to what extent science to what extent a celebrity medium, I mean, I hate celebrity culture, like, I mean, long story, like, but I I just don't like the celebrity, like, mindset of, like, idealizing certain people that way to begin with, but I was curious, and so I went to her, and she was so clearly fake, like, and it was a lot of what I guess has become a popular word to say now, or phrase, is word salad, she kept mixing in lots of like spiritual this. And then she said, I did tell her I lost my dad. And she said, well, you might not be recognizing what he's saying because people change when they're on the other side. And then it was clear, like I was just doing what you, sh- what I had read, what Julie Beichel teaches you to Dr. Julie Beichel teaches you to do in a reading, say yes, no, or I don't know. You don't give more information. So I was doing that with her and it had worked beautifully with the first medium. The second one I'd gone to was she got a few things accurate, not that accurate, but I could tell so genuine hearted. And sometimes that's just your own intuition, but there's a lot of reasons I could say why I concluded that, but yeah, you know, I don't waste my time on that here. So this one, um, she was very, Maybe she really believes she does what she does, but she was very egotistical. She started to ask me, well, what do you want out of this reading? I don't get what you want because I guess I wasn't talking. And I said, I want tangible evidence that we survive bodily death in some way. And she said, 
that's and she just used that was for so much bullshit she was like oh well that's the problem when you get into a proving situation that isn't going to work and then she tried to say quite a few times through this isn't it interesting you came here to get proof but it's about faith and belief and you're like your dad's really wanting you to have faith and learn it's all about learning to trust and I was like this is the biggest flaming pile of shit I've ever heard that actually brings me to another question about you know how you identify as being an atheist and believing in afterlife how do you hold those two things at once I find it totally irrelevant that they were even put together in the first place there it's completely irrelevant one is saying there's this one massive divine god which is a consciousness and that has nothing to do with the physics of consciousness and it's that's faith it's belief it's religion i mean could there be a god i I mean i've seen zero of anything that would make me think there is a god but the other is saying that what I'm, or what, sorry, what I'm saying is that I think instead of the, the most likely answer, I don't have proof, I'm not positive, but that most likely instead of the neurons of our brain creating consciousness, our consciousness is downloaded from a cloud that continues to hold and engage as a consciousness without a body, as well as downloading into a brain. We don't know what substance this non-local consciousness is as i said i think it works a bit like the cloud with the internet um i think one day hopefully something more advanced than the large hadron collider but along those lines we'll maybe be able to identify what this is is it maybe tied in with string theory and other dimensions where and what is for those that don't know what is what string theory those that are not familiar how would you describe string theory Oh God, please Google it because I'm going to butcher this. They're much smarter people than me, but I'll do the best I can. It's about, um, it's a theory. Um, Dr. Lisa Randall and Dr. Brian Green are two amazing string theorists. I recommend you look up. And essentially it is that there are multi-dimensions. I believe that one theory says nine and another 12, but or another 11, but essentially it's that there are all these different multi-dimensions and like in certain dimensions, it's the best analogy they can give is it's like some are wrapped up like little strings. I mean, if you're in that dimension, you probably would experience it differently. But however, it's that there's a theory that there's multi-dimensions that they interact and vibe little strings kind of act in vibrational waves that send information through dimensions. I mean, I, 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 I can understand not the level like, you know, Dr. Randall or Green can, but I have an understanding of it and I'm, it's, I'm not wording it that well. So please look it up, but that's the best way I can describe it. Oh, so, you know, so it sounds like when it comes to going from thinking that the afterlife is total nonsense to believing it's real had a lot to do with empirical evidence of having the experience of having readings where things that were accurate undeniable, untraceable um, you know, is there anything else that contributed to, let's say, this evidence-based faith that you now have? Um, I'll say I'll never use the word faith for mm-hmm. what I think or belief because I have no faith. It's all based on data, research, and experience. So I don't like belief. I don't like faith because, I mean, faith is like, okay, I'll have faith in my pilot. But, like, you know, this to me, it's like... I might as well say I have faith in evolution. I just think all the data combines that this is the best explanation, but 
I'm not positive. Um, I'd say, okay, so all, along with all the empirical evidence some of my personal experiences that I was sharing, like readings with mediums, another was a thought that suddenly made so much sense that I read where everyone thinks that if you think there's an afterlife or I don't even like the word afterlife, even though that is the word used because it implies this is life, then something continually after. I think there's just most likely different states of consciousness. Some are physical, some are more vibrational and non-physical, and they're probably all different types and different dimensions, different planets. Um, so I think along with, you know, the two that I just said was this thought that it is considered faith-based to think that consciousness is not created by our brain, but it's just as much of a leap to say that this non-material, that this non-conscious material, mass and matter that make up neurons and brain cells, that somehow they create this consciousness and complex consciousness. It's not, you know, the consciousness of, or at least how we assume like, you know, an earthworm would be where it's just survive, eat, you know, stay alive, avoid predators and reproduce. It's so complex that we think about philosophy and love and good versus evil and a balance. I mean, we're very, very complex. And to think without a doubt that a bunch of non-conscious cells would fire in a certain way to create this consciousness, that's as much of a leap of faith as thinking it's non-local and downloaded by these. And it also seems that the majority of complex things, I guess, <laughs> in our this our planet, this dimension, do work more cloud-based. Think of computers. And before computers, you know, tele I guess we still have television. So television. Um, think of our phones. Think of even way before that radio. All this information, whenever in our this state of consciousness or this lifetime, we have complex anything that transmits information, it tends to come through a cloud into a device and the information will continue whether the device breaks or not. So why would that not work with bodies? So that was another part of it as well as all the other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, as we wrap up here, I'm curious through this lens of, you know, everything that you've discussed, how do you define ambition? Ambition. I think it's wanting big things for yourself, whatever you define as that, like being fully self-actualized as what you want and confidently going for it. It doesn't mean you feel good every day, but you're going to go for it and not just keep moving forward, getting what you truly want. Well, and you've certainly done that when it comes to this, you know, the road that I had the pleasure of reading right before it came out, um, you know, with your book, uh, what the fuck just happened of uh, that whole journey. And, you know, through that, uh, through that lens as well, if you were to even get more granular in a word and a phrase, what does holistic ambition mean to you? I think that means the whole big picture. Like often we hear ambition, we think career and money, but to me, holistic ambition, that's really more how I try to live my life. It's about, yes, I definitely want monetary success. I want career success, but I also would love a serious boyfriend and babies and, be, you know, being healthy, getting enough sleep. It's kind of about the big picture, eating organic, making sure I get to the gym every day, having a 
very close group of friends and having a wide circle of acquaintances because I'm very extroverted. So I need to have like both tiers in my life. And it's about sort of the holistic way that brings about how you want to feel day to day and your full lifestyle, the full picture of your life, instead of just the tangible goals that ambition, I think, encompasses. Mm, Yeah. And I can totally see, you know, when you talk about big picture, it's like, think looking at not just this life as we know it, but again, the broader picture that you can't see, right? Where there's evidence to support one way or another, what could be next, what could have been passed. So, I mean, there's so much more that we could dive into, but you know, we're at time for today. So if people are, let's say they're tuning in, they're like, wait, I want more. Um, How can people stay connected with you, learn more about you? I have my website, which is wtfjusthappened.net. You can get my book through that, which is W, I call it what the fuck just happened, but it's WTF just happened. A sciencey skeptic explores grief, healing and evidence of an afterlife. And my podcast also WTF just happened all about the afterlife. No woo. And you can also follow me on Instagram, which you can get to on my website. I'm on other social channels, but I'm most active on Instagram, but I'm also on TikTok and Facebook. Um, and that is at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore. Thank you for tuning in to Holistic Ambition. This is Stephanie Thomas saying goodbye for now and inviting you to take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.